Are you an event planner or organizer looking for a keynote speaker to engage and captivate your audience? I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake, author of The Million Dollar Bakery, and I am your girl. I'm now booking dates in 2022 to be on your stage in person or virtually where I can share my story of how I overcame significant challenges in my own life and how I turned my hobby into a million dollar business with no formal education and zero previous experience. Hint, it is all about confidence and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. To book me for your next event in 2022 or 2023, head on over to RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. Thanks for joining me on my Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where I'll be sharing all my best life and business tips and tricks on how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can too. I'm a no-nonsense, full disclosure, sweet talk scrapping woman entrepreneur who believes in taking charge of your life and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. Okay, you guys, today's podcast topic, uh, I started off by actually writing a blog about this topic, which I will still publish, even though I'm going to share all of the same things that I wrote about in my blog on this episode. Um, Just because I think that people like to consume media in different ways. So the people who listen to my podcast, maybe they don't like reading blogs. And so I don't think I would get the same overlap in audience by sharing the same content on both my blog and on my podcast. Um, I don't know. You guys let me know. But I honestly started off this morning by writing a blog on this topic And I love to write. Writing to me is uh, creative and just really enjoyable. I love, there's something about writing my thoughts onto, I want to say paper, but like I write them on the computer because spell check. (laughs) Um, But there's just something for me about writing. I love doing it. And I, there's something about how I can explain things through text and through writing that I can't do as well when I'm talking about it. I don't know if that's because I'm an introvert or what, but anytime I do uh, keynote speaking or videos or, well, videos are kind of different, but anytime I do keynote speaking or Um, I'm going to be speaking on the podcast. I always write down where I want to go with it so that I can stay on track and so that I know the main points that I really want to get across and share with you guys um, because writing comes much more naturally to me. And so when I'm able to write them down, I don't miss anything. And honestly, I have done it a couple times where I'll record a podcast without making any notes, which is really good practice for um, doing any like live videos or interviews with people and stuff like that. But I always miss something. And I hate that feeling of like, oh, like I really wanted to say this and I forgot. And it was just such a good point. And so in order to offer you guys the most best value, I always love to make notes beforehand. Um, But I really had no intention of making a podcast about this until I finished writing this blog. And I was like, no, this information is so like valid and so important that I actually want to talk about it on my podcast. And you know, for an introvert, if they are passionate about something and really want to talk about it, 
I mean, you know, it's a big deal, right? Because we don't just want to talk about anything. So anyways, let's get into it. Let's get to the point. I have my coffee here. I'm just living my best life this morning. And I hope you guys are too. So my topic today is why it's so hard to make friends as an adult, okay? And I know that pretty much everyone is going to be able to relate to this podcast episode because I see so many memes and so many jokes and so many people just talking about it and saying like, They don't know how to make friends as an adult. And I thought this way for a long time, too. I didn't understand it, and I didn't know why it felt so much harder to make friends as an adult. I just didn't get it. I was like, why was it so much easier when we were children to make friends, or so it seemed, Um, But now all of a sudden, when we are supposedly better at communicating, better at understanding things um, as adults, like, why is it so much more challenging? Shouldn't it be easier? And so I really got to thinking about it um, and thinking about some of the friendships in my life, um, the ones that I have in my life right now that I love and value so much. Um, and comparing them to friends that I've decided to let go and part ways with in my life um, recently and in the past. And it really got me thinking in comparing those two types of people, the friends I currently have and the ones that I've chosen to uh, let go of, and why we find it so hard to make friends as adults. So... Let's get into it. This is going to be a really good and interesting conversation. Um, And if you guys have anything to add to what I'm going to say, or you have any other like views or opinions, I would be so interested to hear what you guys have to say. Um, Send me an email, Rebecca at chickbosscake.com or send me a DM on Instagram uh, at Rebecca at chickbosscake. And I would love to hear what you guys have to say. So why is it so hard to make friends as an adult, okay? This is something that I hear from 99.9% of adults, specifically females, though that's only because most of my friends and followers are females. Um, I do know that men struggle with it too, just as much as we do. Um, but I'm just saying this because this is what I've come to know and because I'm a female, so it's what I relate to. So I personally, uh, struggled with this also for so many years about like why it's so hard to make friends as adults and how to do it. But I'd always believed it was because I was an introvert. So I just thought that it was, I mean, I thought that all introverts struggled with making friends. And I mean, I think they probably do to a certain extent, um, solely from just being an introvert, but it's just something that I thought was like special to me and why I thought it was hard to make friends. So I thought it was just because I was an introvert. Um, and making friends is definitely a little bit more challenging and slightly less of a priority for introverts. That's what I think anyways. Um, Don't get me wrong, I love and value my friends so much and I, they are so important in my life and there's no way I would wanna live my life friendless. That would be so lame and boring. Um, But I just think that making new friends is a less of a priority for introverts, just in general. Um, And so, As an introvert, I'd always believed that being around any other human being would drain me. But it wasn't uh, until the last couple of years or so where I've really realized that actually being around the right people would barely drain me at all. So in other words, uh, the people that I used to hang around were the ones that would drain me just because they were not my kind of people. And um, 
if you're also an introvert and you continuously feel drained after quote unquote peopling, it's likely due to the types of people you're hanging around. If the people you hang around are negative, uninteresting, and uninspiring to you, it will most definitely drain you because you have to use an exorbitant amount of energy to try to keep the conversations going and engage with these types of people. Uh, So get a new group of friends and watch how much less drained you are by hanging around with the right people, okay? I cannot stress that enough. Uh, Easier said than done, right? Like anything worth doing, it's always easier said than done. Um, And that's the whole point of why I wanted to talk about this on my podcast and on my blog was to figure out why in the hell it's so damn hard to make friends as an adult. And so remember when you were a child in elementary school and making friends was relatively easy for most of us. So just reflect on that for a moment. Have you ever stopped to think why it was so much easier back then? Yeah, uh, that's what I've been thinking about when I've been writing my blog and about to talk about this on the podcast. That's what exactly what I've been thinking about. And this is the reason that I came up with, okay? As a child, you have zero standards and zero expectations when it comes to friends. If someone simply came up to you on the playground at recess and pointed at you and declared that you two should be friends, you were friends. It was just pretty much as simple as that. All right. You have absolutely no idea or awareness of who you are, what you stand for, what you'll tolerate, what you won't tolerate, what your interests are, and absolutely no awareness that there might need to be more to your friendship or more to your selection process of friendship than simply pointing your finger at someone and telling them that you're going to be their friend now. It's the reason why friendships don't always last, okay? Often, quote unquote, best friends from elementary school drift apart by high school. And then the new best friends that you make in high school drift apart by college, typically. I'm not saying that you can't still have friends from elementary school and high school, um, but I mean, typically they're not gonna necessarily be your best friend uh, at this point in your life if you're at like 30 or 40 years old because you grow apart in so many ways. There's just so many ways to like grow as individuals and stuff like that. And so it's extremely rare and very uncommon to have a best friend from childhood that you can still say with certainty that you're best friends today as a 30 or 40 year old adult. And I'm not saying you can't still be friendly with them or you can't be like have them as friends on Facebook, but chances that you're still best friends with all of those people that you considered best friends in elementary school and high school, maybe you're still best friends with one of them, maybe two of them, definitely not all of them. Okay. And so as we grow as individuals and start to become who we're actually meant to be, two things happen. Number one, we grow into different people with different interests 
different values and different views on life. Number two, we develop standards and expectations for friendships that are much greater than simply pointing at someone and telling them that we're friends. So those are the two things that happen uh, as we start to become who we're meant to be and get older and grow into the people that we are today. Those are the two main reasons and the two things that actually happen um, that start to make us question the friends that we have and the friends that we want to have. Okay. So the first point um, was pretty self-explanatory. I'm sure everyone can relate to the fact that we grow and we mature into completely different people than that of our eight-year-old selves. Well, I mean, most of us anyways. Uh, So I really wanted to focus on the second point in how our standards and expectations change and evolve as we change and we evolve. All right. It's not fair to compare the fact that it was easier to make friends as children when we're not using the same methods that we used as a child to simply tell people that they were our friend. And so if we did if we did use that approach as adults, then sure, it would be just as easy to make friends as adults. But when you think about it, Is the goal really to have more friends as an adult or has the goal changed and evolved as we've changed and evolved and the goal is now to have great friends as adults? And I think that's a question that we don't take enough time to really reflect on and think about when we are complaining about why it's so hard to make friends as an adult, okay? And I hope that you'll agree with me in that the quality of friendships far overrides the quantity of friendships. And so I've taken the time to put together my eight tips Well, there's eight, unless I think of anything else as I'm talking here. Um, But these are my eight tips on how to cultivate better friendships as adults. Number one, define your values. I know you hear me talk about values often, and it's because it is such a core important part of my life and of my success and in my creating the life of my dreams. It is all based upon my values. The values are the foundation of my life. Okay, so define your values and only choose friends that have similar values. You do not need to agree on everything all of the time. In fact, some of the best friendships are the ones where you can feel safe to discuss and debate different topics without judgment, okay? That is a fact, that is so true. You do, however, need to share similar values or it'll never, ever work out. For example, I've narrowed down my values into the top three non-negotiables for anyone in my life, okay? And those are integrity, authenticity, and kindness. Now, I definitely have other things that I value for sure, but just for simplicity purposes and to um, be able to do reflect on things really quickly and have them top of mind, I narrowed it down to the top three most important for me personally, and that's what they are, okay? I will absolutely not allow anyone into my life if they don't resemble in value these three things, okay? It doesn't matter to me if it's family 
or friends or if I've known a friend for a long time and all of a sudden they change and maybe they don't value those things anymore and they start to act like a terrible person, I will not allow anyone into my life if they do not resemble those three things, okay? And it's very easy and obvious to pick up on if other people share these values or not, okay? It's obvious in the way that they act in their own lives. It's obvious in the way in what they choose to talk about, how they talk about other people, whether or not they stand by their word, and how they deal with conflicts. Okay, so if you think about all those things, it's extremely easy to know if somebody is kind just by simply how they talk about other people. They don't have to like everybody, but every conversation can still be rooted in kindness, okay? Whether you like somebody or not. And uh, so for me, it's extremely obvious once you learn what your top three values are, You can pinpoint if the people in your life right now are reflective of your top three values. And if they're not, then maybe ask yourself how you feel when you hang around with them, because chances are you don't like hanging around with them anyways. Okay, they make you feel like shit once you stop hanging out with them. If you go have a coffee with them, it was like the longest coffee of your life. You go home, you feel drained, you feel like worse about yourself than when you started and you do not feel good when you hang out with those people that do not align with their values and you never ever ever will okay number two when people show you who they are believe them and This is something that I wrote about in my book, The Million Dollar Bakery, and I got so many like emails and comments saying about how that statement really hit home with them. And I I don't know. I just think like it's such a straightforward like statement for me to say, like when people show you how they are, believe them. But I think as human beings, we always want to give people the benefit of the doubt and not necessarily because we like think they're actually going to change, but because it makes us feel like better people by giving them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. And so if we all of a sudden stop giving people the benefit of the doubt and we start seeing people for how they are and just simply taking their word for who they are and and just seeing what their actions are like and being like, your actions are not aligning with your words, though, um, is a lot harder for us to process in our brains than to just give them the benefit of the doubt and think that and hope that they will change their behavior. Nobody ever changes their behavior unless they either hit rock bottom or they decide to do so, okay? Nothing you say or can say or do will ever inspire them to change their actions, okay? So stop believing that. And when people show you who they are, believe them, okay? And it's true that it may take a while, sometimes even a few months, to actually see someone's true colors show through. But eventually, they will show through, okay? Naturally, as with any new friendship or relationship, people tend to be on their best behavior at the beginning of the friendship or the relationship, but rest assured that they will always fall back into who they truly are once they feel comfortable enough to do so. I've had this happen a couple of times in my own life where... I've become friends with people and they appear to me to share similar values of integrity, authenticity, and kindness. 
In fact, sometimes they will even vocally say that they value those things. Um, and, and oftentimes they'll agree with a lot of the things that I have to say and stuff like that. So it comes across like they are sharing the same values. Their actions, on the other hand, were completely the opposite of those things. And sometimes it's not always easy to pinpoint um, these things in new friendships or new relationships, okay? And so once I realized that these friendships, their actions were completely the opposite of what my values were, I realized that it was as if they didn't even understand the true meaning of what those words even meant. So they may say that they value integrity, authenticity, or kindness, but if their actions are showing you that that is like the opposite of who they are, and you know maybe they just simply say that those are their values, then it's apparent that they don't understand what they mean. Or... Maybe it's because they want to share those values, but they don't actually share them, but they just want to be a better person and want those values for themselves, okay? Either way, it is not your job to fix people, okay? And as soon as their actions showed me that they gossiped and they spoke negatively and just really mean and unkind towards uh, other people and about other people, um, especially like other friends. Like if you have somebody in your life who is so mean and so like spiteful and hateful towards their other friends in their lives, like what makes you believe they're not saying those things about you to those other friends, right? So I'm always very skeptical of people who, you know, talk poorly about other people. And it's not to say you can't vent about situations with other friends to other friends, but you need to be very wary of if if you're gossiping or not, okay? And so I had some friends that, uh, they would gossip and just be so negative and mean about other uh, other friends that they have in their lives uh, to the point where I never heard anything good about them. But but yet they would go and they would go out for dinner with them on Saturday night and like post a selfie like best time ever. And like you literally just told me last weekend that you hated that person so much, but then now you're being fake about it. And so that is like severe uh, warning sign for me that they're inauthentic and so not authentic and not kind and do not live with integrity, right? So that's a very obvious sign of that. Um, And also they wouldn't hold true to promises. So once I realized that about those people, I was out, okay? I refuse to share my life and make space for people who are not kind, authentic, and trustworthy when there are so many other people in the world who do exemplify and care and value all of those things, okay? And it's important to remember, if you are making space for somebody like that in your life, then it's taking up space of somebody else who would exemplify your values and fill you up and inspire you, okay? Number three, establish boundaries, okay? Every healthy relationships, relationships, every healthy relationship starts with setting boundaries and also just as important is respecting the boundaries that your friends have set for themselves. If you're someone who hates when, I don't know how to explain this, but I'm going to try and think of an example. If, yes, okay. If you're someone who, let's just say you hate when friends show up uninvited and unannounced, And you're friends with someone who loves to do that. 
the friendship will never last unless you make your boundaries clear with them, okay? So let's just say you have a friend who does that all the time. It drives you fucking nuts, okay? Personally, I'm that person. I do not like when people show up unexpected or unannounced because I'm an introvert. So I have all of these things that I'm excited to work on and create by myself. And then all of a sudden, if somebody shows up unexpected, I haven't mentally prepared to handle that situation. And it takes a lot more effort and energy for me to socialize with people um, than extroverts because I'm an introvert. So I need to mentally prepare for friendship dates that I love. I don't, I'm not saying I don't love, I love hanging out with my friends, but I do not love when people show up unannounced and uninvited. So that's a great example. I'm that person. Um, And so If you don't let them know that that's a boundary for you to either call before they're coming to let you know or see if it's a good time or, um, you know, or just say that that's absolutely not acceptable and you need to make plans in advance so that you can schedule because you have a job and a life to live and you can't always put down what you're doing when people just show up at your door. I mean, either or is fine. Um, and so it's really up to you to communicate that to people because people are different in that, that maybe that person that shows up loves when friends show up to their house uninvited and unannounced, right? So they don't know that it drives you nuts. Um, and so setting the boundary is so important. And here is the thing, guys, okay? The only people who will not respect your boundaries are people who do not have boundaries themselves. These people who do not have their own boundaries in their own lives are especially dangerous to be friends with because it's very hard for someone to respect your boundaries when they don't have any of their own. They, they just won't understand them and they'll think that you're being mean or that you don't really like them or value them. And so the truth is that you respect and love yourself enough to set boundaries in order to create the healthy relationships. Um, and if you don't love yourself enough to have boundaries, then really you're incapable of offering love to anyone else in your life. I'll give you an example. I once started this new friendship where only about uh, a month into the friendship, this girl tells me that she's a quote unquote, extremely needy friend. And I thought she was awesome. I thought she was nice. I thought we shared similar values. Um, It turns out we didn't. (laughs) Um, And that's why I'm using it as an example. Um, But not knowing what that meant at the time, like I'd never heard of anyone saying that they were an extremely needy friend. I've never had anyone tell me that before. So I really didn't know what that meant at the time. Uh, It wasn't until the friendship ended pretty badly that I realized what that meant because I had lived through a few months of that friendship and I was like, okay, that's what she meant by extremely needy. Um, But at the time I just, I laughed and I thought it was cute. I I honestly didn't know if it was like maybe a, a kind of a joke or I just did not even know what that meant because I didn't have friends in my life that didn't have boundaries or that were extremely needy. I just, I didn't usually attract those people into my life. Um, So little did I know that being extremely needy meant that she'd be jealous of me hanging out with other friends and would be texting me like 50 times a day asking why I wasn't replying quick enough as if running, running my business and living my life should come second to meeting her needs. I don't know. I just, I was like, 
I was like in such shock that this was happening and I didn't know that people were like this. And uh, so trying to have a conversation with someone like that regarding boundaries was like a foreign language to her where she interpreted boundaries as her not being important, which is really sad when you think about it because that would have never been my intent at all um, by having a boundary conversation with somebody. And I just, I, I was really shocked that people, like that she would think that it was normal to not have boundaries. And so it, I've really been thinking about this and thinking about how alarming it is to be in a friendship or a relationship for that matter with somebody else who does not have their own boundaries. And I, I, it really became apparent that you can't have friendships where you have your own boundaries, which is extremely healthy to have with other people who do not have their own. Having friends who don't have boundaries is always a disaster waiting to happen. And so looking back on that comment now of being an extremely needy friend, I realized that that was a clear indication that boundaries were lacking in her life. And I'd never pursued a friendship with someone. Uh, I mean, I would never pursue a friendship with someone who is lacking boundaries ever again. And uh, I also want to say that if someone doesn't have boundaries, it doesn't mean that they can't develop boundaries. So it doesn't mean that, you know, that friend is such a lost cause or that they're just a bad person or that, you know, they're just stupid and they're not ever going to develop boundaries. But it just means that they don't have boundaries right now. And so it's up to them to learn that boundaries are an important part of a friendship or a relationship, but it is not necessarily your job to help them to realize that. And in fact, you probably won't be the one that helps them realize that. They need to realize that on their own, um, from living life and from running into situations where it pushes them to rock bottom to realize that, you know, they need boundaries in order to live a life that they love right? Boundaries are an essential part of loving and respecting yourself enough to be able to create the life of your dreams, okay? And you cannot do that without boundaries. But again, it is not your job to, uh, you know, shake the other person into having their own boundaries, okay? It's up to them to decide if and when they want to develop that, okay? Um, and so I've realized it's actually quite easy now for me to spot if someone lacks boundaries in their own lives. And the way to do this is to pay attention to what they complain about. If they often complain about how their sister drives them crazy or how they're going to go hang out with so-and-so on the weekend, but they're really dreading it and they kind of want to cancel, but like they feel bad, but you know, they're just not looking forward to it and they're complaining about it all week. Um, those are the people that have zero boundaries because if they had boundaries, they wouldn't feel obligated to constantly do things that make them want to complain. So if you have somebody in your life who always complains about doing things or other people doing things or whatever, there's constantly complaining, but not addressing the problem and not setting boundaries so that it avoids that from happening again in the future, those are the people to be concerned about that do not have boundaries. Number four, seek out friends who have a similar mindset as you. If you're someone with big goals, big dreams, and huge ambitions, 
you're not going to have very much in common with someone who has no desire to learn or grow. All right. It's easy to assume that everyone thinks the way you do, but they do not. You can tell if someone has a similar mindset by paying attention to what they share on social media or what they talk about in person. And so what they do or share or talk about, think to yourself, is that something you would share on social media? Is that something you might say in person? Or did it make you cringe? So once you start paying attention to these little details, they hold a lot of important information as to what goes on in the other person's head and finding out if you have similar mindsets or are aligned with that person is extremely important if you want to develop a friendship with them. Number five, intelligent people have less friends. This is actually a fact, you guys, okay? If you type this into Google, you'll find article after article backing this up. And it's so interesting when I stop to think about it, because I'm like, why is that? That is so weird to just say that intelligent people have less friends. Um, And my opinion on why intelligent people have fewer friends is because they just have higher standards for what they will and will not tolerate. And also because of the topics that interest intelligent people, um, it would really bore the shit out of an average person and vice versa, okay? And I'm not saying this from a standpoint of, oh, I'm the most intelligent person and that's why I have fewer friends. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just simply saying that people, let's just say people that are way more intelligent than me, lots of them in the world, okay? Let's just use obvious examples of like the Tesla guy, Elon Musk, okay? If I had to have a conversation with somebody like that about cars that drive themselves or spaceships or whatever he does, I would be bored to death because those people talk in detail about things that I can't even wrap my head around. I would literally, I would find the first five minutes fascinating for sure. But anything after that, I'd be like, I I mentally checked out. I don't get it. I don't want to sit here and talk about rocket fuel, rocket science, rocket, whatever they do all day. That would bore me to death. Okay. And so finding people who have similar intelligent level, intelligent level, (laughs) intelligence levels as yourself, um, and how share similar like interests and topics and stuff like that is so important. Okay. Also intelligent people are extremely diligent in particular about where and with whom they spend their time. They understand that time is the most valuable currency and they won't see the point of hanging out with anyone just for the sake of hanging out with them. Um, if they don't add value or inspiration to their life. And so that's just a fact. Um, If you want to read more about that point, go ahead and Google why intelligent people have fewer friends. There will be lots of articles for you to go through. Number six. Make the first move. Okay. Stop complaining about lack of friends and not doing anything about it. My favorite saying of all is either complain and do something about it or don't complain at all. If you don't make the first move to ask them out on a coffee date or go for a walk, then chances are you'll continue to have no friends. In order, in order to... Um, 
change your current circumstances, which in this case, we're talking about how to make friends as an adult or why it's so hard to make friends as an adult, you can't keep doing the same things that are continuously getting you no results and they're keeping you in the place of having no friends as an adult. So in other words, you have to do something different, okay? And so make the first move and don't be offended if they're too busy or they say no. Who cares? Move on and try connecting with someone else. There's like so many people in the world, okay? And fear of rejection will always hold you back, okay? A helpful tip is to pay attention to the person that you want to develop a friendship with and ask yourself if it would actually be a good fit or not before you even ask them, okay? You need to know what your intentions are before you develop the friendship and you need to be extremely honest about it, okay? Um, I was listening to one of Rachel Hollis's podcasts about, um, it wasn't about friendship, I forget what it was about, but she had mentioned that... Oh my gosh, I just totally lost my train of thought. (laughs) What was she talking about? Uh, She had mentioned that, oh, because in her industry, obviously, when you are um, in a higher, like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe this. Like, let's just like, basically, she's a celebrity. So when you are of that, like, statue or standard, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but People want to be friends with you just because you're a celebrity or just because you are whatever you are. And she was saying that that is just such not a good reason to start a friendship. It's not a good, genuine um, base to start a friendship on because what you don't you don't even know if you like have anything in common what are you going to talk about what are you going to do like just talk about how you're a celebrity and how cool that is all day that's so boring um and so it is not a good reason and that's why you really need to check yourself and check your intentions of why you want to be friends with that person okay and it is never a good enough reason to want to be friends with somebody because of the amount of followers that they have on Instagram That is never a good reason or a good foundation to start a friendship. And it is up to you to make sure that your intentions are clear and your intentions are genuine, that you actually like have things in common with that person. And it has nothing to do with the amount of followers that they have or social status or money or anything like that. Okay. Um, and so it helps to like, see what they're interested in. Um, it helps to strike up a conversation online first to see if there's any common ground or mutual values there. Uh, if someone, for example, asks me if I want to go on a hike or for a coffee date, and I think we may share similar values, then sure. I'm more likely to say yes potentially. I mean, I am an introvert, so I do not fill my schedule with a lot of social things uh, to begin with, but I'm more likely to say yes to that because those are two things that I love doing. And if you go on my Instagram page, uh, I think it's pretty obvious that I like to hike and I like to drink coffee. Um, And it, but if someone on the other hand asks me if I want to go to a, I don't know, comic book festival, I'm more likely to pass on that just out of sheer lack of interest. And also I would wonder why they would even ask me when I've never shared any remote interest in comic book festivals. (laughs) So then I would just make me wonder what their motives are and why they would want to be friends with me when they don't even know that that's not something I would be genuinely interested in. You know what I mean? So Do your research and make sure you have things in common um, and make sure you you share similar values um, and go ahead and make the first move. Number seven, 
plan dates and actually schedule them in your calendar. If, if you don't do this, chances are you'll both get too busy and it'll never happen. As an introvert, I tend to need much less people time than extroverts, okay? I have a lot of extroverted friends whom I love so much. I actually do. I know that sometimes I sound sarcastic when I talk, but like I'm, I genuinely love them so much. <laughs> um, they're usually, they, uh, the extrovert friends that I have are usually the ones to reach out and make the plans because as the joke goes, if two introverts are friends, then no one will ever take the, make the initiative to make the plans. Um, it's just not, uh, it's just not as top of mind for introverts to be plan makers because we already live in an extroverted world, uh, surrounded by loud busyness and everything where making quiet time for introverts is much harder to schedule and prioritize. So naturally, uh, when we get quiet time in our calendar, we don't uh, feel the need to fill it up with lots of people time because why would we? It's not um, it's not what fills our cup naturally, right? Whereas for introverts, it's the opposite. That's exactly what fills them up. Um, and it doesn't mean we don't want to hang out ever. Socializing is just as much part of our needs as humans as anyone else, introvert or extrovert, okay? It's just not as top of mind for us as it is for extroverted people who actually rely on people interactions to fill their cups. Number eight, and so this is my last point, don't cancel plans. Obviously, if there's an emergency, or you're sick, or your kid is sick, or whatever, then totally understandable, okay? But if every other time you make plans and there happens to be an emergency or it happens that you're sick again, well, it's probably just that you're a plan canceller. Nothing will kill a friendship faster than being a plan canceller, okay? What's even the point of making plans if you're just going to cancel them? Can we talk about a waste of freaking time? Oh my gosh. If you're someone who gets excited to make the plans only to cancel them when it comes time to actually follow through and show up, then you need to do a deep dive and ask yourself why this happens or why you do this. And I have a hypothesis. Hypotheses or hypothesis? I don't know. It's either because you don't actually enjoy spending time with a person that you keep canceling on and you're too afraid to just say no when they ask you to hang out or, and I know that this is a big one for a lot of people, and I can totally relate to this myself, or it's because you're suffering from mental health issues. And I totally understand and can relate to the mental health issues being a struggle in the plans making department. I struggled with this myself. Um, for many years, because what would happen is I would be feeling amazing. I'd be feeling my best self. I'd have so much energy and someone would ask me to make plans and I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm excited. Like, let's do that. That sounds so great. I can't wait. I'm like, I'm so excited. Looking forward to it. Everything. And then what happens when you're struggling with mental health issues is that you reach a depression or a low point and that just happens to be in the next week where you had made those plans. But when you made those plans, you were feeling amazing. And now you're not feeling amazing and you can't follow through with those plans. So I totally relate to that. 
And I struggled with this for many, many years myself um, when I had a lot of mental health issues that I was dealing with at the time personally. So I understand wholeheartedly what it's like to go through those ups and downs of feeling that way and making plans when you're in a good state of mind and then having to cancel them because you are not in a good state of mind, okay? And if you absolutely have to cancel plans because of your mental health, then do it, okay? Your mental health is your top priority at all times, but, and this is a big thing with mental health, is that you need to find better ways to deal with the same situation going forward, okay? It's not a valid reason to keep doing the same negative and destructive behavior over and over again and blame it on your mental health, okay? And I know it's really hard to hear, Um, And I know it's easier said than done to hold yourself accountable when you're struggling, but there are ways that you can identify a negative behavior that you have and correct it in a way that actually supports your mental health, all right? And so figure out a solution that aligns with your mental health and you'll find that it actually helps you feel better overall, um, such as like maybe don't make plans in advance. If you know that you struggle with highs and lows in your life and you know that, you know, it's only a matter of time um, before you feel your next low and you don't that that may align with when you have all these plans, then just don't make plans in advance and only commit to doing things last minute. Um, and something I just want to point out is that you'll want to communicate this to your friends um, in advance that it's something that you know, you struggle with and that you have these mental health issues, guys, it is, if, if you can't talk to your friends about that, then I don't think that you're as good of friends as what you thought you were. And maybe those friends aren't worth having if you feel that you can't open up and share your struggles with them. Okay. You will want to communicate this to your friends because otherwise they will not easily understand what the issue is. And in fact, they'll think the issue is themselves. And that is the last thing that you want to make them feel like. And a good friend will want to support your mental health and do whatever is easiest for you. Okay, so if you have a hard time committing to things, just don't commit to them. Just commit to doing last minute things. Um, In the moment when you are feeling good, if you are having a great day, message your friend and be like, hey, do you want to meet up for coffee? I want to catch up. I'm excited. I miss you, blah, 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 blah. And because it's that day and, and if they say yes, then that's amazing. Like you're, it's awesome, right? I mean, if they say no, that's something that you're going to have to accept on their end too, that they're not always going to be available when you feel good. And that's something that you're going to need to accept on your end as well. And in friendships, it's no different than in relationships, um, any relationship that you have. It is all about communication and being a kind person with integrity and authenticity, in my opinion. (laughs) So that's all I have for you guys today. This is my blog that turned into a podcast that's going to also be a blog um, on why it's so hard to make friends as an adult. I really hope that you got some helpful tips and insights into why we think it might be so hard, but why it really isn't as hard as we make it out to be. So go out there and make some new friends uh, and fill your cup and fill your life with people who support you, inspire you, and make you feel good once you've left them. That is my indicator to know that I have the right people in my life is when I go hang out with them and I come back home and I feel 
great from hanging out with them. That is how I know that it's a great friendship and that they are meant to be in my life. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, where I share my best business and life tips with you. If you would like to learn more about how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can do it too, pick up a copy of my book on Amazon, The Million Dollar Bakery, or head over to my website, RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. There are courses and lots of content on there to help you discover your passion and how to live your best life. I look forward to connecting with you on social media. I'm on Instagram at Rebecca at Chick Boss Cake and Facebook as Rebecca Hamilton Co. And you can send me an email at Rebecca at ChickBossCake.com. Today is a great day to make greatness happen. Turn your ordinary life into something extraordinary and start creating the life of your dreams today.